Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Paul O'Brien, and we'll be talking about his new deck called The Visionary IT, or ET, uh, A Book of Changes for the 21st Century. Life hands many of us transitions, opportunities, changes, and, well, disruptions. It isn't always clear as to where or how the universal flow of things is meant to guide us. From author and founder of of the Divination Foundation, Paul O'Brien brings to us the visionary I Ching deck to provide you with timeless pieces of wisdom, answer some of your life's toughest questions, and strengthen your conscious and subconscious minds. The update, updated from the ancient Chinese oracle, the visionary um, I Ching deck enlivens the principle of Tao and serves as a guidebook complete with 64 gorgeously illustrated cards. Paul O'Brien is an entrepreneurial strategist and philosopher who invented divination software and created the world's largest astrology and divination e-commerce business, Tarot.com. He is a sought-after advisor, interview subject, and speaker, as well as, again, today, the author of The Visionary I Ching, a book of changes for the 21st century, and also the Visionary I Ching app. Paul hosts Pathways Radio in Portland, Oregon, an interview program focused on personal and cultural transformation. You can find out more by visiting the website, which is divination.com, and there you'll be able to see the links uh, for, the, for the podcast as well as blog and, and videos and just a whole bunch of stuff. So with that, I'd like to welcome Paul to the show. Good day, sir. Thank you, Robert. Happy to be here. Thank you very much. And I believe the last time we spoke was eight months ago, and we, we talked about your book, Intuitive Intelligence, <laughs> Make Life-Changing Decisions with Perfect Timing. And that, that's a, that was a very good conversation. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I was in Hawaii at the time, and that was before this uh, pandemic took over our lives. It was, it was, but it was great being with you then, and I'm happy to be with you now. Great, thank you. So um, let's first, you know, I, I always like to kind of start at the basics and, and not assume that listeners, you know, are familiar with the topic um, at hand. So if you wouldn't mind, would you share with the listeners a little bit of, about what the e Ching is? Uh, absolutely. Um, the e Ching is arguably the oldest book in the world, and the most revered divination system. It comes out of, it's a Taoist classic, uh, comes out of ancient uh, China, and was very popular back in the 60s, um, at least where I grew up in in California. And um, it's, it's a divination system. And what is a divination system? Well, 
it's a way to stimulate your intuition uh, to think outside the box around dilemmas and problems that logic can't handle. So other examples of divination systems might be uh, tarot cards or uh, the runes. And so it's in that category, the, the I Ching. With the I Ching, typically we use uh, three coins and uh, cast three coins uh, six times in order to generate a six-line pattern, which is called a hexagram, and then look it up in the ancient uh, book, although there's been many, many uh, modern versions uh, of that text, um, including my own, uh, which I call the visionary I Ching. And, um, and, and by looking, looking it up in the book, it, it stimulates our intuition because it calls upon us to read between the lines and apply this timeless wisdom, uh, one of the 64 hexagrams, one of the 64 archetypes, and to apply the timeless wisdom that's spoken there uh, to whatever was uh, on our minds uh, when we collected ourselves uh, in order to uh, focus on something while we were casting the coins. So what we're basically doing when we cast the I Ching, and it's uh, also true of uh, using uh, things like tarot cards, is we're creating a meaningful coincidence uh, or what Carl Jung called synchronicity because there are no accidents and so whatever card you pull or whatever uh, uh, hexagram you cast is related to everything else that's happening at that moment in time and the text or the meaning of the tarot card reflects <clears throat> what was on your mind when you were picking the card or casting the coins. So the I Ching is a system for doing that and it's a kind of got some advantages over other systems in the sense that you don't really have to um, n be really highly educated about the archetypes in order to use it um, like you do with tarot. I mean, in order to give yourself a really mm -hmm. good tarot card reading, you really have to know a lot about the 78 c archetypes, the 78 cards, whereas the I Ching, it's reflected in this book that came out of, um, came out of the ancient sages uh, and has been uh, revised uh, several times since. So it's a really good divination system for people who want to be able to do it on their own and uh, do it whenever they, they need a little bit of inspiration or advice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've spent many time casting you know, those, the, the coins just, uh, and, and working through that. And um, now your, your visionary um, aging cards are really kind of – Makes it so much easier, um, but we, we'll, you know, we'll get into to that um, in a little bit. Now, I understand that you have been dealing with aging for a very long time. That that, that you had um, an early life experience with aging. Would you mind sharing with the listeners that uh, your your introduction into the system? Yeah, sure, I'd love to. Um, it was I was uh, in college. I was 19 years old. And um, I was on campus at UC Berkeley, and there was this cute girl who uh, I was talking to, and she wanted to show me uh, this, uh, this system that she had uh, for um, getting guidance. And so she showed me this big book, which was uh, the Wilhelm version of the I Ching. And... Um, 
said, and if you cast these coins, it's going to answer any question that you give it. So she had me. Uh, so I, I played along with it. I didn't uh, really take it seriously, but I, you know, I was just enjoying her company, and um, so I wrote down some question that really didn't have a lot of meaning for me. And I was kind of being a smart aleck, Robert. You know, I was just, I was 19 <laughs> years old. <laughs> I thought being a smart aleck was, was cool. And, and I was kind of making fun of the whole thing. I, and so, you know, I cast the coin six times. And she recorded the six-line pattern, and then um, she looked it up in the book. Well, I got, I'll never forget it. It was the very first I Ching reading I ever got. It was hexagram number four which is called Youthful Folly. And it describes the student who lacks respect for the teacher. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what the heck? You know, I'm making fun of this thing, and it comes back and reflects my energy by making fun of me. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. It completely ignored my question. And, of course, my question didn't have any meaning anyway. It was just BS. And so I thought, well, let me try that again. Now, this time, my intent was different. I wasn't making fun of it this time. I was just, you know, seeing what was going to happen. I was testing it. So it came back and with a, a response that said, questioning the sincerity of the seeker. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm testing it now, and it comes back testing me. So I made fun of it. It made fun of me. I tested it. It tested me. I was hooked. I said, I've got to look into this thing because I saw that it was an energetic mirror of uh, where I was at when I was using it. And that intrigued me to no end. And so I've been a student of the I Ching now for uh, ever since I was 19 years old, which is a long time. And <laughs> and I used it. <laughs> I, I bought, oh, over the years I've I've had, you know, 20 or 30 different versions that – I've bought and that I've used. And I, I think in my entire adult life, I've never made a significant decision without uh, consulting the I Ching. Now, that doesn't mean that I depend on it to tell me what to do, but I always use it as, a sort, as an input uh, for my decision-making or to help me clarify uh, my thinking in the realm of confusion, um, etc. So... I've used it my entire adult life, and it's and it's kind of it's done me a lot of good. And in fact, it was the reason that I became an entrepreneur. Um, that was an I Ching reading that prompted me to do that. <clears throat> and that's kind of a cool story too. It's like I you you want to hear about that? When, oh, yeah, I was please. the yeah, yeah, please. I yeah. was mm-hmm. I was the uh, uh, I was I had worked my way up. Um, through high tech, uh, the software industry in the 70s. I started in software before Apple even existed. And, um, and I had become, by 1986, I had become the vice president of marketing for a software company here in Portland, Oregon. And it was a small company, but, um, you know, like 50 employees. And, um, and, but it was so stressful. It was just incredibly stressful. It was a Macintosh software company and we did high-tech uh, networking software and apple loved mm-hmm. us and they were promoting us and i was traveling all over the world giving talks at mac world shows in amsterdam and sydney australia etc and um 
and I loved it. It was exciting, um, but I didn't like my job because the employer, the owner, was an engineer who had an inheritance, and he'd never worked for anybody, and he was just, just a you-know-what. I mean, he he made Steve Jobs look like a nice guy to work for. He was, uh, it was, office politics were horrible. And there was the natural division between marketing and engineering. And so I didn't, wasn't getting any respect. And particularly when he would make these products that, that the market didn't really need or want, but that they were very clever. And he thought they were brilliant. And then, you know, when we couldn't sell them, um, he got very upset and blamed it on me because if you're a good salesperson, you should uh, be able to sell anything. That was kind of his attitude about it. Yeah, and uh, I had seven people in the in the marketing department doing sales, and so I just told him, well, if I was competing with us, this is what I would say. And I told him what we were up against, and boy, that really made him mad. It was sort of like you know telling Donald Trump something he doesn't want to hear, and it was uh, <laughs> it was not fun. And it was it was brutal, and I found myself using the I Ching at work, which is something I'd never, ever done. It was, like in my adult life, um, I would uh, I, I would use it maybe once a month or once every few weeks, only when I had a problem that logic couldn't handle. Well, I had a problem logic couldn't handle every single day at work. I mean, just getting through the work day without um, uh, having uh, irreconcilable differences. It, it was... It was tough. And, um, you know, one of the things that we know in the martial arts is that there's a time to assert yourself, there's a time to retreat or run like hell, and there's a time to do nothing and just let the dark clouds pass. And that's the same wisdom uh, tradition that the I Ching comes out of. And so it, it, it can give you a different reflection that will amount to one of those three approaches and then give you a little bit of specific uh, advice about it. And so I, I found myself using it every day because I didn't really want to quit my job because there weren't a lot of, of uh, software uh, executive positions in Portland, Oregon in the late 80s. And I loved the Macintosh. And so one day I, this light bulb went off and I said, God, I wish I could cast the I Ching on the computer. And it would be so much convenient. And um, I wonder if there's a way I could do it that would be authentic, that would uh, mm -hmm. allow me to cast six lines in an uh, energetically authentic way. The math was easy. The mathematical authenticity was easy um, because there's only four ways three coins can land. But um, right. I, wanted mm -hmm. it, I wanted it to be energetically authentic. In other words, I wanted it to be something I did that determined how they landed. And so I painstakingly, you know, uh, focused on this problem, and I came up with a way to use a mouse, and of course, at those days, the Macintosh was the only office computer that had a mouse, and that's what we were doing, so I thought, and it was also a graphical computer, so I thought, wow, maybe I could, uh, I figured out a way to use a mouse to cast the coins uh, six times using timing as the connection, as the energetic connection, and then I thought, wouldn't it be great to have graphics that would kind of create a meditational space, you know, sort of like, so 
I because the mm-hmm. Macintosh was a graphical computer, so I hired an artist and I hired a programmer from outside of our company because my company couldn't care less. I mean, it, it was a high tech uh, business. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, they probably would have thought I was nuts. And um, but I so and I used my entire life savings to create a prototype of one of the very first multimedia titles, which was an interactive I Ching program with the graphics of a of a Japanese garden, and it had a flowing waterfall, and we even had the sounds of frogs in there. Mm-hmm. I asked my program, "Can you give me frogs?" I said, "But I." Fro- <laughs> uh, I said, but I don't want it to be a repetitive pattern. You know, can you give me random frogs? And he thought he thought about it. He really uh, was an interesting uh, fellow, grad student at Reed College, and he uh, he figured out a way to give me uh, random frogs so that we would have Pacific tree frogs croak every once in a while, but not with any discernible pattern. And I actually trademarked random frogs, capital R, capital F. And uh, and actually developed this this software program, um, which I called Synchronicity after the Synchronicity principle, which describes how the I Ching works. And um, and I used to joke that we had the only software on the market with random frogs. And uh, we actually put a little rubber frog in the box, and it we sold it through Egghead. Egghead Software was a oh, yeah. software distribution store right. back in the. Early days. I hadn't heard that name in years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm an old timer, Robert. What can I say? But in any case, um, and that that required that we needed some text so that you could cast the mm-hmm. I Ching using the computer. But what's the whose text are we going to use? I didn't have the rights to any of the different versions that were out there. They were all copyrighted, and um, and I thought, well, you know, I'm not totally enamored of any of them i think that that we could write our own text and 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 improve on um what's out there and and i wanted it to be in alignment with the best text that i had found so i took the five best uh, I Ching texts that i had found and i just and i decided that i was going to uh, write my own but try to stay in alignment with the princeton version the wilhelm baines version which was kind of considered the bible of the I Ching in those days and um and, but I wanted it to be non-sexist, no superior man mm-hmm. stuff. You know, in the in the in the traditional I Ching, this, it's got a lot of references to the superior man does this or that, and it also is very. Uh, I wanted it to be non-militaristic, and uh, in the in traditional I Ching, it's got the armies marching to the southwest and all of this uh, military stuff. Um, so it was very patriarchal, so I wanted it to be non-patriarchal. I wanted it to be Taoist and less Confucian because Confucius put a huge stamp on it. And I like Confucius, but he was all about duty and and know your place and conformity uh, with uh, propriety and all of those good things. But I wanted it to be more freewheeling and more poetic and more Taoist. Um, and so I that's how I wrote my first book, was basically uh, that 64-chapter uh I Ching, um, and my company was called, I, and I started a company. When I got that, put it all together, and I thought, God, this is so cool. There was no market for it. I mean, I wasn't, I don't know what I was thinking. You know, if I had gone on Shark Tank, if, if they'd have had Shark Tank and I had gone on it, they would have laughed me off the show. 
I mean, in 1988, right, in 1988, people who knew what the I Ching was didn't like computers, and people who bought software were engineers and accountants who could care less what the I Ching was. So that was kind of like the dumbest, um, the dumbest uh, (laughs) business idea ever, Uh, and everybody thought I was crazy when I when I quit my job. I kept doing consulting for them, but um, in order to have some cash flow. But when I quit, when I started this uh, company to publish this I Ching program called Synchronicity, everybody thought I was crazy. I mean, I was so out on a limb. But you know what? I, I didn't. I, I did it anyway because it was a labor of love. I thought this is right. so cool, and my dream was being able to make a living doing something that I really believed in and that I thought was cool. And so I was on cloud nine with that dream, which is basically heart-centered. And this has led to my whole understanding of intuitive intelligence, and I wrote the the book Intuitive Intelligence, which tells this story, but it also extrapolates from it and, and talks about how visionary decision-making, which is what I call my system, relies on the heart more than the mind. I mean, it uses the mind. It employs logic, but it's basically heart-centered, and, 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 and that's what my definition of intuition is a kind of a higher form of intelligence that's heart-centered. And that's basically what I did. I, I didn't, you know, I was 110% out on a limb, but I was coming from my heart. I never imagined that it would lead to a, a multi-million dollar business that was doing 10 million in sales when I sold it uh, in 2007, I never imagined even paying off my mortgage, let alone becoming a multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a, it's kind of a good story from that from that point of view. So the I Ching, I cast the I Ching reading about whether I should make a, a computerized version of it, and I got the hexagram enthusiasm turning into breakthrough. And I thought, oh, my God, the I Ching is telling me to do this. So the I Ching has played a big role in my uh, life, um, and that's why I have so much love and reverence for it. Yeah, it, it's, um, it, it is quite a story. You know, in the, the, when you do something that you love, you just know is, you know, it was meant to be, and you, you don't attach yourself to the outcome, you know, that, that makes it um, all the much um, easier to kind of to go through it, even though, I mean, it's, it's always been, you know, launching into the entrepreneurial world can be a very um, challenging experience um, for... My God, for you know, I can't even, when I look back at it, I can't believe what I went through. You know, the fear of bankruptcy it was looming over me for 13 years. You know, it took... I, I didn't start to make money off of uh, I didn't start to make real money until uh, 2002 when I got a deal with AOL and then I added astrology to the mix and um, then it really took off. But uh, from eight to 1988 to 2002 for 14 years I didn't get paid half the time and uh, I, I didn't have any savings. Uh, I didn't have any investors. I didn't have family money. It was pretty harrowing. But, and I don't know, when I look back, I wonder how the hell did I ever do that? 
know, basically, basically, because I was yeah. I was inspired, I was in, inventing yeah. something, and it, it inspired me. Yeah, exactly. Now, one of the things um, I, I kind of want to also kind of focus on real, real quick is is the, the subtitle of your um, visionary I Ching is is the Book of Changes for the twenty first century. And um, can you talk a little bit about you know the idea? of um, the eating and change because change um, is uh, is a very important part of it and, and you even talk about the art of change management so can you talk to us a little bit about you know just uh, how change fits into the philosophy of the eating oh of course that that's uh, that's what it's all about you know is, is that Everything is always changing, and so if we can learn how to make friends with change, we can develop good timing. What is timing? Timing is about being in sync with uh, with the, the the needs and, and, and call of the moment, and um, so that's all about uh, managing change. It's like knowing when to assert yourself, knowing when to retreat, knowing when to do nothing. Um, that's managing change, and that's what the I Ching was all about. You know, the the ancient uh, sages that developed it, they were trying to answer the question, the timing question. They were trying to answer the question, what things go together in time, and when is the best time to launch a campaign, or when is the best time to perform a ritual, or when is the best time to have that difficult conversation. I mean, I use the I Ching quite a bit as a single father with a teenage, with a teenage son, and and you know, what's mm-hmm. the best approach to take with my son, who's <laughs> uh-huh. you know two hours late from getting home, and uh, I'm hoping he's going to make it home. But what's the best way to approach this? I use the I Ching for for, for questions like that quite a bit, um, but um, it, it, it's all about making the right move at the right time. So it's a tool that helps us do that and develop. And over time, we, we develop uh, our intuition and we develop a better sense of timing uh, through the use of it. So it's cultivating intuitive intelligence, but it's also cultivating um, a better sense of timing, which is a function of intuitive intelligence. Um, since there's no way that logic can answer the question, um, what's the best move to make right now, whether you're dealing with uh, uh, investing uh, decisions uh, in the stock market or whatever. I mean, if there was some way that logic could solve the problem of good timing, I mean, everybody would would, would, right. would wealth. You know, it, it's like not an, easy, not, a, not an easy problem because logic can't handle it. So um, the I Ching is all about changes. You know, you've got the yin and the yang, and – in the system of yin yang, the Taoist system of the, the the symbol of the Tao is the yin and the yang, you know, overlapping and intersecting each other and changing into each other. It's a dynamic thing that's going on in life. Things are always changing, uh, and they're morphing from one aspect to another. And so you've got all these yin yang elements and uh, changing into one another constantly. So the only constant in life is change. So Learning how to get in harmony with that uh, is the secret of success uh, and happiness in life, um, no matter what um, 
field or uh, or area of endeavor that you uh, are aspiring to? Yeah, very much. Well, we're, Paul, we're about halfway through the show, so I want to take just a quick break, and I do want to invite listeners, if you would like to call in and ask any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to pose them. Um, and then when, when we come back, Paul, I want to kind of move into talking about um, doing an um, reading. Okay? Okay. Okay, okay, everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us. Again, today my special guest is Paul O'Brien, and we are talking about his new deck of cards called The Visionary I Ching, a book of changes for the 21st century. Again, you can find out more about all that Paul has to offer by visiting the website, which is divination.com. And, um, okay, with that, we're back, Paul? Yes. I'm, okay. I'm here, Robert. Great, good. Okay, so now I want to kind of go through um, like doing an um, I Ching reading. You know, as I as I was going through and reading the instructions in the booklet, um, you know, there are, are some things that um, are different from like tarot kind of reading, which is what I've you know kind of done for years. So let, let's first start with the idea of how to frame your inquiry, your, your question. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because, um, you know, I, I, um, yeah, can you just tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, it's, an important, it's an important point, and that's why in the guidebook uh, we uh, developed, we, we, we spent some time on it, because it's like anything else. If you ask a plumber a question about finance, you're probably not going to get a very qualified answer. You've, you've got to bring the right kind of question to the right kind of medium uh, if you want to get um, good results. And so a lot of times when people ask a question uh, of the I Ching, uh, they're going to ask a yes or no question or they're going to ask 
a question about, um, you know, where should I go to lunch or, or what's the meaning of life? And it's not any good for questions like, like that. It's basically designed for, um, for, for queries that are looking for insight or advice and maybe a sense of which way the wind is blowing, but not looking for exact instructions on what to do or what's going to happen next in the, in the sense of fortune telling. So I have found that the best way to frame a question is as if I were asking advice of, an, uh, of, a, of a teacher or, um, or a, a mentor or a wise person about some decision or uh, relationship that I'm dealing with. And so the general framework that I have found works best and gets me the best results from the use of the I Ching is along the lines of what is the best approach to take vis-a-vis XYZ, XYZ being the situation or the relationship or the decision that I'm confronted with. So let's say that I'm offered a, a job in some uh, other company or some other city or something like that. What is the best approach to take vis-a-vis this job opportunity? And then then it's very important to be focused on that question and to meditate on it until, you know, you're completely at one with that question and you're open to whatever uh, insight or advice that you might receive uh, from whatever pattern it you cast while you're focusing on that question. So does, does that answer uh, your question, Robert? Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah, yes, it does. Yeah, and you know the you know the idea of it not you know not really being predictive as to any particular outcome, and and um, one one of the things that um, uh, you know well, let me just say when we're, with your cards, obviously you're just we're picking cards versus you know throwing out the coins. So um, in looking at um, doing the reading, there's a you basically keep that focus in mind that you mentioned and then pull two cards, one present and, and one future. Um, so can you um, um, explain, you know, just, um, you know, you know why, why the two cards and um, the, yes. I guess, uh, yeah, the flow between the two. Right. So, well, the first card that you pick represents the present situation and also uh, whatever changes might be uh, in process uh, within that situation. And now, you don't always get what are called changing lines, and that's determined, whether you get them or not, is determined by um, the second card. You're always going to get at least one changing line, and the second card is going to have a different pattern. And there's a pattern, a six-line pattern on the cards that you can look at. So, like, for instance, the other day, I – and sometimes I'll just pick cards in the morning just as a meditation um, mm-hmm. without any kind of uh, a particular uh, decision or query. In fact, I do it almost every day is part of my meditation practice in the morning is to pick a card out of the deck, and then I read it, and I don't even necessarily pick a second card. And then I'll, I'll read it. I'll read that section of the guidebook 
for that card. But sometimes I'll pick a card and then I'll pick a second card. Um, and the other day I um, I picked the card Innocence, which is number 25. And that was uh, really spoke to me because and when I'm meditating, I'm letting go of all of the all of the crap uh, that runs through my mind, all of the voices in my head, and I'm actually getting in touch with my heart, which is the most innocent part of me. And then I picked another card, and I got nourishment. And so then I can look at the difference between those two patterns and see which lines are different, and they actually have two different um, changing lines, um, and I can look that up under uh, the nourish, I mean, the innocence, uh, uh, and I can look up the two changing, the two lines that changed and get a good sense of, uh, of uh, get some specific advice. And what I got mm-hmm. with that one was those who have been under the influence of self-serving people can turn themselves around through the positive support of one true friend. And um, and then the fifth line says, when the turning point arrives, the nobles search their hearts and in so doing discover their proper course. Those who are honest with themselves rise to the occasion in moments of great importance. So basically just kind of reinforced um, a spiritual uh, trend line for me. And... Um, so, I mean, I did all that after shuffling the deck and randomizing the cards um, while I was just sitting with myself and, and getting in touch with the present moment. And so that's one way to, to use the cards. But you basically what you want to do is shuffle the cards while you're thinking about whatever your question is. Hopefully you've framed a query that's uh, not the wrong kind of question. That's not saying, you know, where should I go to lunch or... You know, asking for data. You're not asking for data. You're not asking for a specific prediction. You're asking for insight and advice uh, based on uh, the timeless wisdom and based on, you know, the synchronicity principle, which determines which card you're going to draw while you're shuffling the after you shuffle the cards while you're thinking about whatever's on your mind. Yeah, uh, I um, did one. Today, <laughs> before the show, I thought, you know, I, I should go ahead and huh? do it just to see exactly what comes up. Um, so um, I, I just kind of use that as an example. And uh, the focus, um, I'm kind of going right now, there's a, like a, a chapter chapter ending and a chapter starting, you know, a new chapter starting kind of thing going on. Um, uh-huh. So I the way that I framed it was, you know, as far as um, with, you know, kind of like what's the um, present kind of energy, what's the, the, the present um, situation, you know, and then when it came to, uh, and, and then what will this transition look like? So, mm-hmm. um Anyway, um, the first one I got, which was the president, can, was called uh, is number twenty six, which is containment of potential. Uh-huh. And, and uh, I was going through that, and it was quite interesting because it, you know, it really kind of talked about um, all of the 
different possibilities, you know, potential, potentiality, you know, that's quite going on right now, you know, with, with that transition. And then the one with the future happened to be the very last uh, hexagram, um, hexagram 64, which is nearing completion. And right. I, I, I kind of laughed at that because, first of all, I thought, well, you know, when I, when I just looked at the titles, I thought, you know, potential, that makes sense, nearing completion, that makes sense. Um, until I actually read about that nearing completion, and it was saying that really there is no – no completion. Yeah, I mean, there really is kind of like a, you know, moving from one to the other, a seed is always planted. So, I mean, you know, when you talked about kind of shifting perspective, for me, it then went from thinking of this end event, this time in the future that, you know, the new chapter starts, old chapter ends, um, when in essence, it's really just on a continuum you know, that it's just um, a whole bunch of different other activities rather than, you know. So anyway, it was just um, it kind of just shifted my perspective on completion, you know, what really is there ever completion. And, you know, and then now looking at as I'm going through this process, um, it seems it's going to be um, I, I can seem to look at it as, as being uh, um, a lot of opportunity you know, based on right. potential and, and different kinds of actions. So anyway, that was, that was one that I got. It was, it was, I, I, I really liked it because it really kind of, you know, honed in on, you know, and it was, it was hard for me with the framing, you know, because we're always, I'm not where I, a lot of people, you know, tend to want to know, you know, that predictive nature, you know, what's going to happen when, how is it going to happen? You know, give me all the details, right. you know, when, when, you know, now, one of the things when you mentioned, you know, the changing lines, you know, the idea of um, comparing the, the the two hexagrams and, and starting from the bottom up, you know, it can either be a straight line or, or um, dotted. Um, one of the things that um, when you talked about the changing lines, it talked about that uh, changing lines um, are factors in flux, That's, you know, things that are kind of, you know, not quite settled. Um, and and I looked at the two I had, and I had three different, three out of six were different different lines. And I thought, you know, that to me it seemed to point that, you know, there's a lot of state of flux kind of in the energy right now for, for me. Um, right. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, that the idea of this, the, that flux? Because I think um, that's an important component as to, why the future isn't always predetermined is because of things in flux. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, well, the future is never predetermined anyway. You know, I mean, we tend to have a fantasy of some fixed outcome that's going to be happily ever after uh, in one way or another. And that's the, the ego really wants that. The ego really wants a permanent solution that's going to make me happy forever. And, that's just ridiculous, and, and um, that's not the nature of life. And so your reading, Containment of Potential, shows that um, there's a lot of power here. There's a lot of, uh, of, of you're bringing um, uh, in, inner power to this situation, and the fact that you've got three changing lines means that there's a, a lot of things that um, that it's not a stable situation. It's a it's a situation that's moving uh, towards 
uh, completion, nearing completion, but there really is ultimately no completion, and that's what that 64th hexagram tells us when we read the text is that, you know, this is, there really is no completion. It's just a process. Everything is always a process. So this would indicate to me that reading that you got is that you're onto something here, Robert. You've got a lot of energy uh, ready to move, and, and you can look at those changing lines, and you can say, well, it's going to be some combination of all three of them, or it's going to be one or the other of of uh, of the three uh it's, it, you you never uh it, that's not clear um but you know you'd have to look at the specific lines and and yeah. and, and see what see what makes sense and that's where your intuition comes in you read be, you know you, your intuition is sort of like you're reading between the lines you're looking at, you're looking at the reading from the point of view of what what you were feeling and and thinking when you uh when you picked the cards so yeah, when you get a lot of changing when you get a lot of changing lines, like three is quite a bit, quite a few. Um, that means there's uh, things are really, really in process. They're really moving. If you only get one changing line, that's that's less uh, um, m- less movement. You know, in other ways of counting mm-hmm. the I Ching, like when you use coins, sometimes you don't get any changing lines uh, because you don't get three of a kind. When you use this deck. However, you always get at least one changing line because you're always taking it to a different card. Unless you put the card that you got back in the deck and shuffle them and get it again, in which case there would be uh, no changing lines. So that's another way mm-hmm. a person uses the deck. And by the way, a deck, you know, it's like tarot cards. You know, they have images usually for each of the 78 archetypes, although a lot of tarot decks don't. You know, they'll have just like, well, the Ten of Wands, you know, and it'll be just like playing cards. Right. And, and um, But then uh, the Rider Waite pioneered the whole thing about putting a picture on each card, and then all of the psychics and the gypsies, et cetera, made it be all about the pictures. And so they would pick a card, and they'd look at the picture, and then they would free associate and, and trip off of that. But uh, in, in this I Ching deck, the art is done by Joan Larimore, and it is basically representing the Chinese um, elements. So like I said, I got innocence, that sky above, thunder below. And you can see those things characterized uh, in the card. So it actually has a pretty uh, direct correlation with the reading that you get in the guidebook. Uh, and they're be- the art is beautiful, so it just kind of adds an element to the experience. But, um, yeah, I'd yeah. say that's a pretty good reading for... Somebody who's thinking about yeah, um, redirecting energy. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of those you know life situations that that we're coming through, and, and a lot of people are going through some very um, you know uh, dynamic changes right now. So now, speaking of um, the illustrations, which, which was done by Joan Larimore, um, how, tell us a little bit about how the your collaboration happened, because I just I always like to know just how how it came to be well joan larimore uh was looking for an I Ching author because she uh-huh. is an I Ching person she's an artist and she's an I Ching person who had done uh 64 paintings uh, and so she had this original art and she took photographs of all of it and she basically was selling the original uh art for each of the 64 hexagrams that she painted and I told her you know you really ought to do prints but she just uh, didn't really want to do that she's not 
really doesn't have much of a mind for business, but she was interested mm-hmm. in in uh, finding an I Ching author that she might collaborate with, and um, I had already experimented with an illustrated I Ching, um, and I had an earlier version um, in the um, uh, in, in in the early in the early 90s, and I had worked or. I did a CD-ROM, an I Ching CD-ROM in around 95, and I had worked with uh, an artist, and I had commissioned her to do these 64 paintings. But it was kind of a hodgepodge. And then um, Joan came along, and I realized, oh, well, she's got this beautiful impressionistic uh, body of art that actually is inspired uh, by the I Ching through her, and I liked it, and I Mm -hmm. thought it was beautiful. I thought it was congruent. I thought it was a lot better than what I had uh, created um, with this artist, uh, kind of uh, in a much more willy-nilly way. And um, so I suggested that she license the art to me, um, and that's how that all came about. So she came to me. Um, And it's kind of another, another example of when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, Things come to you, you know. It's like the 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 domain name eching.com was practically given to me by somebody who really just liked uh, my eching and the way that we I had created a software version of it. Same thing with tarot.com. It was offered to me by somebody who liked the way I was doing uh, the tarot CD-ROM that we did in the mid '90s. Um, so when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, the universe kind of opens up, and um, it's a beautiful thing, and that's what happened with Joan. Yeah, yeah, well, wonderful. I, I love that story, and, and you know, it is. Um, I have, you know, through the years I've been doing this now, almost eleven years, and and it's just to me, it's um, amazing how often, um, not coincidence, but I mean, just the alignment of of two individuals, you know, when it comes to co-creating, you know, uh, either co-authoring a book or in this case, you know, um, the cars, but just the, the fact of, of either reaching out specifically or, you know, go out and actually look for something that is um, something that you've been wanting to do but haven't done. I mean, they, and, you know, some people have, have found illustrators for their books on you know, Facebook, you know, people who are following them. And, and, and like you said, you know, with, you know, people giving you the the domain names with, you know, the work that you've been doing. So it, it, it just seems that it's really important right now for people to put forward their passion and, and, and be open to possibilities. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the way to go. Yeah. Exactly. Now, in this time of COVID and ever-changing life patterns, um, can you kind of um, maybe uh, give an, an idea of how the I Ching um, can cope with or can help assist with some of the, the challenges people are going through? Yeah. You know, just the use of the I Ching itself, is helpful because it reminds us of the law of impermanence, the idea mm-hmm. that things are always changing. 
which means that this pandemic is not going to last forever. And gosh, that's hard to that's hard to credit. You know, it seems like so many people have compared it to Groundhog Day. You know, it just seems like you know every <laughs> right. day is a repeat of more bad news. And you know, it's it's uh, so. I think if we can maintain a good relationship with change and remember that things are always changing and that nothing lasts forever, uh, that's very helpful uh, during this pandemic period uh, in order to keep us, um, you know, aware of the fact that um, things are changing even if we can't, um, even if we can't predict when and how uh, it's going to resolve itself. So I find it I find it helpful uh, to use the I Ching as a kind of an attitude adjuster, um, and yeah. to do readings that help me change my my attitude when I'm kind of feeling down or or uh, disheartened by the uh, by the pandemic. It's just so hard right now. Everything is harder right now because there's an overlay of anxiety and uncertainty, and uncertainty is always the truth. It's, things are always uncertain, and the I Ching helps remind us of that fact, um, and that can be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we're about down to the end of the show here, Paul. Now, um, as I mentioned in the introduction, um, you do um, host Pathways, um, a radio show um, in Portland. So what, how can people listen to, listen to your show? Well, the best way is just to we archive it on divination.com, and everything that uh, the Divination Foundation, which is my nonprofit now, uh, does is reflected on divination.com, including um, blogs that a couple of which are, have been about the pandemic, and uh, the interviews that uh, I tape um, via Zoom, etc. On um, uh, on my Pathway show, which I've been doing now for 30 years. And so the last 300 shows are up there. So that's the best way. Then you don't have to worry about streaming or tuning into anything in uh, particular. You can just go to divination.com and look under the podcast uh, uh, button, and, and you'll see everything that's listed and described there is, is available uh, for uh, you anytime you want. Great. Well, thank you, Paul, for your time. And it's a it's a beautiful deck, and and I've enjoyed using and will continue to use it. Um, and it's made the eating um, so much easier for me. I mean, I, I was not the you know coin toss look up kind of thing. You know, this makes it really easy, and and I really enjoy the the added depth of change lines and what kind of how that. Um, adds to the picture. So I really enjoyed learning about that. So thank you for your time again today, Paul. Well, thank you, Robert. It was a pleasure being with you again. Great. Thank you again, everyone. Today, my very special guest has been Paul O'Brien. We've been talking about his new deck called The Visionary I Ching, or I Ching, a book of changes for the 21st century. And again, as Paul mentioned, you can uh, find out more uh, about that, his books, um, his podcast, uh, blog, everything, by visiting the website, which is divination.com. So, everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. 
You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.